Hello, hello, my pretty people, and welcome to another episode of the Pretty Big Life podcast. I'm your host, Fulafelo Maseko. If you are a returning listener, thank you for continuing to support our show. And if you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. We love having you join our little community. I hope you have fun and I hope that you learn something from every single episode. Now, um, it's exam season, right? But apart from it being an exam season, I feel like it's about the time where um, we are experiencing a lot of burnout, um, which usually causes some of us, or rather most of us, to have stress and anxiety. You know, we experience anxiety attacks, which is why um, we today we will be talking about strategies on how to deal with anxiety and stress um i think it's pretty perfect because also it's october and october it's still um mental awareness month and anxiety is a disorder is a mental um a mental health disorder that has to be um spoken about so um in this episode we will be dealing on what I'm trying to understand what anxiety is, um, the symptoms to look out for when you are having an anxiety attack, um, identifying your triggers, and also finally the three strategies that I think will help everyone, which I have implemented. Um, some of them I'm still trying to implement on a daily basis, but they have really, really, really helped. So I know that if they helped with me, they would definitely, definitely help with you. And I hope that when you implement them, um, I don't know, you'll have fun and you'll feel lighter, you know? Yeah. So let's get to this week's episode. There's one thing that we have to understand, right? There's a fine line between being scared or stressed and being a person who is experiencing an anxiety attack or um, a person who's living with um, anxiety disorder, right? So anxiety, using um, a scientific explanation, we can say that it is an intense, excessive and persistent worry and fear about everything about everyday situations right um anxiety can be normal in stressful situations but i think that's where um the fine line is because and most of us do feel anxious during this time of the year when you know um we are about to write exams or um during um what's this um during presentations but there is this um feeling of anxiety as um i first said that the scientific term is intense and it's excessive and that's where the fine line is what makes um anxiety disorder different from any other stress is that it causes um it causes intense emotion to a point 
where sometimes it prevents you from living your life to the fullest. For example, um, you are anxious or stressed about something, your heart rate starts accelerating. You find it um, difficult to breathe or to concentrate or to even do anything. That's when you are having an anxiety attack. And at that point, um, you feel as though you have lost control of your mind and also your life as a whole. You can't even do a thing. So even when you're trying to be as productive as you possibly can, it's impossible because it's like you are basically trapped inside your own brain and there's no way out, you know, except there is. But um, at that moment, you feel as though there is nothing more that you can do about it, you know. And yeah, that's why it is important that we know what um, the symptoms are when you're about to have an anxiety attack. And in that way, I think you will be better prepared on how to manage it and how to get out of that situation. You know what I mean? So which brings us to our um, second point in which we'll be talking about today, which are the symptoms. So what are the symptoms to look out for when you're having an anxiety attack? Okay, so when you are having an anxiety attack, you... Um, You'll usually feel like you are in danger. You will panic or dread. You'll feel nervous or reckless. You'll have a rapid heart rate. You'll start sweating, trembling or chills. You'll feel tired or weak. Um, you'll, feel, you'll have difficulty focusing. And to such an extent or um, if it's very severe, you will end up not or rather you'll end up feeling like you can't even breathe you know but as i said anxiety can be manageable right there are strategies that you can use to help with managing and dealing with anxiety but should these strategies not help in any way please do consult a therapist or a psychologist for better help I feel as though as much as this um, this disorder can be managed by ourselves with, um, you know, I think, can I say homemade remedies? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they, like anxiety can really, really get um, severe to a point that none of these strategies will be able to help. And so when it gets to that point, you need to consult a therapist or a psychologist to help you and yeah so now let's go back to the episode the first thing that we need to know about anxiety is what triggers our attacks right i feel as though it is not enough to know the symptoms of anxiety because yes you might know what the attacks look like but you might still be be subconsciously triggering yourself i don't know if that makes sense okay for me to okay for for the entire statement to make sense i'll make an example with myself i am a caffeine addict i love coffee with everything in me but as i am also a person that lives 
with anxiety. It took me a while to realize that caffeine was one of um, my triggers, depending on how much um, how much coffee I drink, of course. So usually I would drink like four, three, four cups of extremely strong, extremely strong coffee every single day. But after a while, I realized that um, after drinking maybe a cup or two of that very, very strong coffee, my brain would start spiraling out of control and I would end up not doing anything on that day because I was literally living inside my brain. So I would be trying to work on something, but then, you know, I'll be trying to multitask in my brain, but not in a not in a not in a very effective way, you know, because then I would start thinking about all the things that are going wrong and um why am I like this? Why is this happening? You know, stuff like that. And the heart rate will start, you know, and I will feel like I'm about to have a panic attack, but um it was actually an anxiety attack because yeah it would really really get bad which is why i say it is important to know what triggers you because with that i managed to moderate my love for coffee because i knew that okay as much as i could skip maybe one day or two days you know um, I couldn't completely let go of coffee because I just I just love it. It makes me feel alive, you know. So with me knowing that this is a trigger for me, identifying it as a trigger, I was able to to, you know, to moderate it based on what my body could tolerate and the amount of coffee that I needed. Um, in my system to remain productive throughout the day. And I think it came to an extent whereby, okay, it, it was fine that Monday to Friday, sometimes Monday to Thursday, I can have like, you know, a cup of coffee. Um, but during the weekend, I would have no coffee at all, you know. So I cut back from three to four coffees to one coffee or one cup of coffee before 12 p.m., and after 12, no coffee. Um, so this is one of my personal triggers. But it is also a strategy that you can use to manage your own anxiety. If you are someone that consumes a lot of caffeine. So you can, you can reduce the amount of anxiety that you get by cutting back on your caffeine intake. You know? Okay. Now let's get right back to the triggers. Anxiety triggers can differ from person to person, right? We are different humans. Um, what works for me might not work for you. Well, yeah, but um, triggers differ from person to person. But a lot of triggers are common with people living with anxiety, right? Most people, like myself, have multiple triggers, while for some, the attacks may be triggered for no reason, you know? So we have already mentioned one possible trigger with um, caffeine, right? 
a person may also be triggered by maybe health issues, certain medications, you know. I feel like when you take certain medication or you're given certain medication by your medical practitioner, it is important that you become clear on what the effects are, you know, because as much as it might heal something, it might also be triggering another um another issue you know that we don't know of so certain medications can trigger um anxiety skipping meals can trigger anxiety having financial problems which i feel like is a main trigger for most of us having a stressful or negative work environment your toxic work environment um that is also a major trigger that um our generation has because yeah you know it's not it's, it's really not nice being in a workplace whereby there is a lot of hatred and sometimes witchcraft sometimes um you know there's just negative energy it's not a, a space whereby you can you can be at peace you know what i mean um, if you are an introvert, social events might trigger um, anxiety. And one of my major triggers, um, conflict, you know. So I think conflict with loved ones um, is a major, major um, trigger. So that are some of the triggers that I could think of. But... It can be challenging to identify your triggers, right? Um, because it takes a whole lot of self-reflection. And after that, probably having to let go of what you love, you know. Um, like I had to, I didn't have to completely let go of my love for coffee. But I had to minimize my intake, which was really hard. So the challenge that I feel um, we will face with, you know, having to identify um, your triggers is the self-reflection. Sometimes when we are faced with that um, moment of having to self-reflect, sorry, (laughs) of having to self-reflect, we end up not liking what we see, you know, and I feel as though instead of trying to um, fix and work on what we don't like or what is not serving us well, some of us just retreat and rather, you know, not, um, what's this, not face the truth and run away from it. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's like knowing your toxic traits right and instead of accepting and changing you'd rather be like ah but that's just how i am you know that's just how i was born and that kind of makes gives a standard you're just giving yourself a standard that you don't have to change and that people around you are the ones that have to change and not you you know i think that's the challenge that the, that's the biggest challenge that we have with self um reflection so if you are not a very self-conscious person that's like um 
you know, I know that I'm a problem and this and this and this is a problem. And in order for me to fix certain things or to be better in certain things, and in this case, to manage my anxiety, I have to let go of certain people. I have to let go of certain habits. You know, um, it will always be a challenge and we'll always feel like we are stagnant, you know. And yeah, the difficulty will always be there. But as I said, it can be challenging, but it is possible and um, it is very, very necessary as well as important to identify, to self-respect, uh, self-reflect and identify um, your triggers if you're going to effectively manage your anxiety. You know what I mean? So it's definitely possible. But before we go on and on about self-reflection, I want us to talk about the three um, strategies in which we can implement today this moment in order for us to manage our um, anxiety so there are so many more um, strategies that we can um, implement and if you are interested you can go on this journey with me to research more and to learn more on the different um, strategies but of course should I feel the need to add on these three, I will definitely um, have another episode on anxiety and talk more about them, you know. But um, these three, um, these three um, strategies are the ones that I have been using and I know that they do work, you know. Um, some of them I might really not be perfect in as yet, but they really, really do work with helping with my anxiety and, you know, helping me feel lighter. So, Leah, let's get to it. The first um, strategy that I would like us to talk about is creating boundaries and learning to say no. The thing is, not all stresses, right, are within our control, Right. Not all stresses are within our control, but some are, you know. And I think putting too much on our plates may increase um, our anxiety or our stress load, which will then um, make us more prone to anxiety attacks, attacks, right? And it limits the amount of time in which you can spend and work on yourself, you know. So, which is why we need to start taking control over our personal lives because um, it may help reduce stress, um, protect your mental health, and in turn, um, help you manage your anxiety a little better. So, that's why sometimes saying no, um, it's, it's completely okay, you know, because I feel like sometimes we are afraid to say no because we are afraid of how it might affect the other person and how that person will in turn think about us instead of caring more about how doing that thing will affect us. Do you know what I mean? Because um, I think with me, myself, um, there were so many situations that I would overload myself with everything, with every um, problem that we were having at home 
I would put it on my shoulder. Um, everything that needed to be done, I'd make sure that I do it because um, to me, even though um, I have an older sister and she's disabled, um, no, disabled is a wrong word. She has autism. It's a spectrum, right? Yeah, she has autism. I felt like I had to take the older sister role, you know? Yeah. And even though I have like a bigger brother, I automatically took the older sister role. So whatever problems that every problem that everybody has um at home, it will all fall on my lap. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I got back from race, um, from living at race to living back at home. Because, you know, when you are at race, you don't really see problems that are happening at home, you know, because um, everything is just from afar. So I'll only experience things that were happening during the holidays or during the weekends that I would be coming to visit. But then anyways, um, and... So um, me being the bearer of everything would really overwhelm me because every situation or every problem, I had to come up with a solution for it. You know, yes, my mom was there to help me, but it was still that thing. Um, Sometimes I couldn't even sleep because I'm always thinking about, you know, what's next? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? And it took a toll on my mental health, you know. And I feel like, yes, there are certain things that I have to be involved in when it comes to my family. But there are other things that I can simply say no to in order to protect my own mental health and in order to help me not to feel overwhelmed. Do you know what I mean? Right. So the moment I started saying no... I felt less overwhelmed and I feel like it also created boundaries between me and, you know, my siblings and my mom that, yes, yes, I will help with certain things, but there are certain things that I won't be able to help with, you know. So one way to do this or rather one way in which you can start taking control of your life, as I said, is by saying no more often, you know. You know, so if you feel like you are juggling too many responsibilities, it will feel you, it or rather it will leave you feeling overwhelmed, really, really overwhelmed. And you won't be your best self when you are in that situation. So be more selective about what you take on and saying no to things that are, or rather that will unnecessarily add on to your load. And being more selective can also reduce um, your anxiety levels. So always remember that it is perfectly okay for you to say no if you're feeling overwhelmed. It isn't a sign of failure, but it is just you protecting your own peace and also creating boundaries with people that um, will increase your anxiety levels. In It's basically a healthy way of protecting your well-being you know yeah and number two practicing self-care I feel like this should be my mantra (laughs) 
I feel like self-care should be my mantra and um, I should just make the entire podcast be about self-care because um, most of the episodes we've been talking about or there has been, you know, sections whereby we're talking about self-care, either gratitude or compassion, being more compassionate to yourself and self-care. Now, but... Um, this is the truth, right? In order for you to reduce your anxiety levels, you need to practice self-care because studies show that people who engage in self-care, right, report lower levels of stress and improved quality of life. And we already know that less stress, no anxiety attacks, right? While a lack of self-care is associated with higher levels of stress and burnout. More stress, more anxiety attacks. The thing is, this generation is just trying to be fancy with self-care. But self-care doesn't have to be elaborate or complicated, you know. It simply means tending to your well-being and happiness. Um, It can be so simple so simple in a form or it can be in a form of taking a walk outside you know lighting candles i think that specifically has been my guilty pleasure whereby on a friday night or um, a saturday night i will light like um, a candle that smells so nice i think it smells like lavender yeah i really love lavender and Apparently, there are certain aromas that help with easing your anxiety. Um, and lavender, sandwood, uh, what's this? Is it rosemary? I don't remember. Um, it's lavender, sandwood, and chamomile, I think. Yeah. Um, you can just have them in a form of candles or essential oils. And those natural scents can actually um, help you decrease your amount of stress or anxiety. It's called aromatherapy, right? So having, you know, a nice smelling room, a nice smelling um, environment. So it's that um, reading a good book, which I love, love, love. Friday night with me and a good book is perfect. Um, exercising, stretching before bed, getting a massage, you know, practicing a hobby or practicing yoga um, and one of my personal favorites, journaling. And I think journaling can be one of um, the most important forms of self-care because with journaling, um, and I think it might also be one of the most effective ways in which you can reduce your anxiety levels with because with journaling you are letting go of everything that you're feeling inside right all of your emotions whether you're sad whether you're angry whether you're anxious whether you are happy you let it all out on paper and once it's there it's like you look down on it and you're like you can breathe you know you can really really breathe so i started journaling fully foolish journaling or rather um being more consistent with journaling when i started my self-discipline journey and it's really been 
good. It's really been a good journey for me. And I feel like when I don't journal on the days that I don't journal, I feel heavy. So journaling might really be um, one of the most effective ways of self-care that you can use to um, decrease your anxiety levels. And so, yeah, let's go to the third and last strategy, which is learning how to avoid procrastination. Oh, this has been so difficult for me. <laughs> this has been so difficult for me because I've always been a procrastinator. My God, I've always been a procrastinator and letting go of that habit has been difficult. But I've also realized that procrastinating has also been one of my anxiety triggers because when you don't do the things that you are supposed to do at that time, um, they pile up, right? They pile up and that, um, that, that leaves you, you know, struggling to catch up. And when you're unable to catch up, you feel like a failure. You feel all sorts of emotions you know, and you end up being anxious about everything and being stressed about everything. So that's why learning how to avoid procrastination would help us with um, decreasing, um, you know, our anxiety attacks or our anxiety. And yes, I've started with this journey of trying to learn how to. It's not been easy. I feel as though there are certain times when um, I don't do well or rather I fall or fail at it. But it's also important that even though you don't do well right now or you fall and no, it, it's always better that even if you fall, you just get up and try again, get up and try again, you know. So with learning how to avoid procrastination we really need to stay on top of our priorities right um because as much as it will increase your stress levels it will also harm your productivity right because as i said you are only struggling or rather um yeah you're struggling to catch up right so if you find yourself you know if you find yourself um, procrastinating regularly, it might be helpful to get into the habit of making a to-do list, a to-do list, you know, um, to help you stay focused um, or organized um, based on your priorities, you know. And I think at the end of the day, we need to give ourselves realistic deadlines, <laughs> you know, and work our way down the list. You know, work on the things that we need to get done today and just give ourselves chunks of time or uninterrupted time to, to you know, to work efficiently and effectively on your given tasks for that day. So I think it's also important that we don't overwhelm ourselves a lot with tasks. Um, there were times in which I will literally on my to-do list there will be 20 um 20 or 15 things to do some of them were not as important or they were not on my priority list but i felt like the more things i do on that day 
um it'll make me feel like i was being productive you know more productive but i learned that um it doesn't you know it really doesn't it ends up making you it ends up making you feel overwhelmed um stressed anxious and you end up just doing one thing out of the 20 or the 15 things that you have written down so work on things that you need to get done um right now or today and yeah as i said give yourself realistic deadlines right give yourself realistic deadlines and as always be kinder to yourself you know this is a journey um that we are taking this is an experience that most of us need to get through so it won't be easy it really won't be easy but it can be done and we are on a journey of ensuring that it is done and that we do it you know so be kinder to yourself don't talk negative to yourself be grateful so if you are a journal person don't forget to journal gratitude every single day and if you're not I do suggest that you take up journaling because it's a game it's a game shifter. So, yeah. Thank you for joining this episode of the Pretty Big Life podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and I really hope that you learned something from it. Um so, yeah, we love hearing your thoughts and um if you would leave us a review or a sweet voice note that we would definitely add um on our next episode we would really really love that i'd really appreciate that so yeah i hope that you enjoy the rest of the week and that it is productive and filled with self-love self-care and gratitude i love you guys see you next week bye